I am always about equality, you right? 50%, 50%. If I come home from work and you come home from work, both are equally tired. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so you can't expect me to come home and kind of bogone. We're engineers, we love logic. Like, you know, like it doesn't That's make cool. sense yeah. that I have to do the hard work whilst you sit and watch TV. Husband, let me make a diagram to explain this to you, okay? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome to Dalbat Power, a podcast about Nepali inspirational stories. I'm Andy. I am Sandy. Good, this time you said it with more enthusiasm than last Thank time. Thank you for letting me know. Uh, so today we've got Parika Ali. So uh, tell us a bit about yourself, Parika. Hello, namaste everyone, uh, listening to Dalbat Power. Uh, my name is Parika Ali and I currently work as a technical support engineer uh, or I am a chemical engineer. Great. So can you tell us what is a chemical engineer really? We make things. So if you want to make A to B, we would design the process to make A to B. That's the simplest way I would I would explain it. So everything that goes in the design of making A to B, so from the reactions processes to, to equipment, we would be the people involved in that. So when you're talking about the process, what sort of product are, you, are we talking about here? Yeah, it could be anything. So, you know, I think the easiest way or the most relatable um, product I would think about is probably, let's say, oxygen, for example, that the, you know, medical industry uses um, or or even the shoe polish that you use on your shoes, you know, like everything that you see and touch, it, it has gone through some process, some manufacturing process to make that or chemical process to make that. So we would be involved in the, you know, sort of the design side of things or operational support or optimization of that process. So that's us. <laughs> okay, interesting. In nutshell. interesting. Okay. So how did you end up in this field? So I think uh, I started, uh, well, I kind of fell into engineering uh, when I was in my high school because I came to the UK back in 2006. But I was in this school in Newcastle or Pruda, which was a 30 minutes away from the main city. And um, at that point, there was a huge um, promotion to get women into engineering. And this school had provided a platform for us to do that. So I actually started with a mechanical engineering uh, BTEC course, and I kind of really liked uh, what I did and what engineers do, like, you know, we problem solve. So I think I really liked the problem solving aspect of it. And I just continued. And in university, um, I found that this particular type of engineering, which is chemical engineering, we do all three sciences, which is biology, chemistry, and uh, physics. And I just realized the diverse uh, field that this chemical engineering is, you know, you can go into any industry from energy to oil and gas to pharma to anything. So I think just the diversity of the um, profession is what attracted me to do it, really. And, I, and I'm living that. So do you want to elaborate a bit more on your journey in terms of how you got to where you are right now? I came to the UK when I was 13. So this is back in 2006. Yeah, 2006. So um, I did up to like year eight in Nepal. And I need this which I came here and I did my high schools. I did my GCSEs. I did my um, uh, college A-levels and also my university in the UK. So my higher education has been here. And from then on, I did an industrial placement in this company that I'm working on. And they really liked me. So they invited me back to work as a graduate. Um, So I continued that journey uh, five years ago since I graduated and I've been in the company ever since. So that would be sort of my academic 
journey um, to the profession from a personal growth perspective. I think, you know, it's, it was quite challenging not having any, uh, you know, Nepali uh, person in the course because I hadn't met anybody who'd done it before so I didn't really have a mentor per se uh, to relate to like cultural aspect the Hilera, you know education aspects so that was quite challenging and I'm quite glad that now uh, I'm at a position where I can be that mentor and I do I do mentoring for few people and it's quite nice to you know help somebody who was in that position that I was in <laughs> that's cool that's super cool because yeah when you have mentorship when you have that kind of guidance right mm. it can alleviate a lot of these kind of uh frictions that we say uh so your transition you said you're 13 when you came here right? yeah so when you're in nepal you come over here there's a big transition mm. what was the struggles i think the biggest thing is the culture shock so i i think like uh okay society because i work in a very um male dominated environment and engineering generally is a very male dominated environment we the female workforce only makes up to 20 percent of our general workforce so i think already working in such a male dominant environment but also coming from quite a patriarchal society it, it it somehow relates but challenges kind of relate to each other but at the same time you 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 don't want both things at the same time and both perspective of your life um so i had a very good childhood i i grew up in a you know sort of academically family so my my mom's a nurse and my father used to be a lab technician and they always pushed me for education and you know uh, my mom used to always say like like when I was young <laughs> that's what she used to say to me and I and it stuck with me for a long time and I think she was right because I think you know uh, making your mind uh, big is is big it's, it's very important for future in general so because I had a very good family background uh, with regards to academia uh, and I got a lot of support in every aspect of my life I think mirror personal growth uh, through that journey was really good you know I was always confident I used to do like dance competition and I used to win awards used to go quiz competition and I think I was a very vibrant child um, and I never really thought I couldn't do anything like because I used to come like I was a first girl first girl in the school and all that kind wow. of stuff um, any yeah UK I say I think uh, the biggest shock to me was like well academically speaking like school my because the way we are taught is so different to the way uh, they're taught here so I look at this struggle by in the beginning uh, but I think the theory side Nepal Maporone is so strong so it really helped me and you know but it's a kind of lightweight here so yeah, this is what we teach to our babies we teach this to our babies <laughs> eventually right? that's how I felt yeah, yeah. obviously like yeah go about grading system Different, sometimes it's not the same yeah. as Nepal. So I think academically that was my challenge. Uh, culturally speaking, I think the respect piece was so different because I'm a teacher or lab first name like So Nepal say you know Guru Purnima Garso and like you know teachers are like our second guardian and I and that was really surprising. Yeah, and you know that we used to call teachers by first name mm. and you know uh, that was like I don't know that just didn't settle very well in the beginning. I used to still say sir and madam. <laughs> Yeah, that's the kind yeah. of culture you have in uh, Nepal, India, and in Southeast Asia, where you go, sir, 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 ma'am. And then, you know, there's um, kids yeah. who've been raised here, US, whatever, right? And then if they call their mum or dad by their first name, they get slapped, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes? yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You hear about that. 
Yeah, but then you get used to you know like anything in life you get you adapt to it but I think that was like like I think you know I was a young person you're in such an impressionable age like anything other people do impacts you in such a heavy way but at the same time you're in a perfect age to adapt to new things so luckily that didn't last very long um, but I would say like you know being the only brown girl in in like 900 students that was wow. definitely it was it was like especially like a white dominated school mine uh, they didn't have a lot of uh, people of color so that challenge came with that aspect of my life but uh, when I went to uni I came to London I saw diversity and I think uh, over that journey I became so much more confident so the reason why I talked about my confidence in my vibrant childhood was I think a part of my confidence really did get affected like uh, over time when I came to a new country and yeah. obviously English is our second language it's yeah. well, let's say third language because we speak Hindi eh? and yeah, it, uh, you know shoulder to shoulder yeah. regard the head it's very um, you know it can intimidate you and you do feel a, like the self-confidence suffers a little bit so the struggle for you to learn English or whatever speaking English you said you went to Newcastle mm-hmm. right probably you had the best English there I think <laughs> right yeah. Um, yeah I think Nepal because I studied in a boarding school so my English was like Rich, uh, communication wise, oral wise, it was okay. Yeah. I could get by, and I just the accent or and especially like northern accent, Geordie accent is very difficult to catch. Eh? Oh, yeah, so it's definitely. a beautiful language, but I honestly, I really struggle. Suruma, and uh, I had to repeat, like, repeat, like, excuse me, like, sorry, whenever yeah. after that, it becomes you know, I feel any embarrassed, embarrassed. So I, I think initially to challenge as I said, when you're a kid, you pick things up so quickly, yeah. like. I'm, I'm sure your twins are, are going to pick up the accent much quicker than you know we did when we came. So I think this tones again naturally when you're a kid. So I picked up a Geordie accent. My mom couldn't understand me. Then I came down to London and I picked up you know like Yako accent, and then I went to Surrey and I picked up accent from so there. So you're, you're, you're a chameleon, are you? A I am a chameleon. Of, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I know some people that you know if you if depending on who they talk to they speak yeah. in a certain oh, way. Oh yeah, yeah. But some that's people just do that, funny, yeah. yeah. Mm. But, um, but I think accents evolved. You know, some people in Nepali culture like you mentally listen go to Surrey acting or English accent. You know, you see that kind yeah, of you thing. Get that yeah. a lot. But it's some people. It's your environment, like you say, you sponge and you pick yeah. it up. You want to assimilate. Right, and then you kind yeah. of get that your accent turns to that, and it's not like yeah. you're acting or anything. Yeah. It's, it's, exactly, it just happens naturally. Yeah. I think you just fall into it. And as I said, if I if I went somewhere in a different country, I don't think I'll be able to pick up that accent because more about twenty nine years, somewhere already. Your particular way, ma. It's all you did, mm-hmm. and I thought back when I was thirteen, it was much easier. The sponge is full now. Yeah, it was yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's much full now. Right. Ours is ours is full, and it's dirty, and it's actually the bits are falling off in our sponge. But your sponge is full, but it's still making the shape. Slowly, like slowly. Yeah. I hope yeah. I can keep maintaining it. Yeah. So the cultural part of it. So is ours is good. Did yeah, you bring yeah. your like Momo to school? Smelly food. Oh yeah, no, Momo never. But I used to take chow chow or something or chowmin and all that. Yeah. And I think like okay, if we were to be really raw and honest, I think like, I did get um, stuff like oh, Timur's skin color is so dirty. Why? Why is it so dirty? And I don't know. Maybe it's ignorance, or it might just be the fact that you know they have never seen someone like me. And you know, kids say the darnest things like you yeah. know yeah. like town <laughs> So uh, I don't know how much of it was um, really uh, you know 
aimed rudely or how much of it was just pure I mean it must ignorance. have been difficult because you, you mentioned so you came to Newcastle right uh, uh, not even Newcastle the Prudhomani uh, village 30 minutes away from Newcastle oh, wow. so I guess okay. so, it's a so bit I mean it must have been quite a challenge I mean going there as opposed to most of us come to like London or okay. one of the big metropolitan cities you know mm. where it's a bit of a melting pot I know so mm. I, I guess uh, Prudhoe you said Prudhoe yeah. yeah yeah I made really good friends as well like Danira Toro I think like this is where a diversity to me did they hear a ball of field work okay like representation money okay quite early and I was quite young but I really felt like I wanted to see someone like me to feel mm-hmm. that comfort and I can understand how like I'm Rene Palieru we deviate together into one community because I think it's the comfort that you know they bring like it's the known you know them you know the culture you know them affinity bias if it looks <laughs> like someone you have an affinity to them right yeah um, absolutely in my neighborhood it's a new build area right yeah i was running uh, just coming back and someone who looked like me you know ethnically mm, like me mm. kind of was walking away and they kind of turned around and looked and then they, they pretended they forgot something and they came back <laughs> they asked me are you from hong kong and i said boom you're racist right no i didn't say that I, but i said no but i've lived there but yeah yeah yeah, yeah so i i think a lot of us get done yeah like especially like us like like me i, I kind of look like from hong kong so get yeah. a lot of that i get like China people just coming in speaking chinese to me i have that weird thing where i like um wherever i go right? anywhere outside you have this kind of look for a minute if you think someone's nepali and they kind of look at you is that awkward <laughs> nepali or nepali i was yeah, in yeah. um cornwall yeah. last week oh okay yeah yeah into this cuz i got twins and we went to this play mm. playground kind of kids thing and it was it was a sea of white people and there was this other person I didn't want to say are you Nepali they didn't want to say it. they looked at the word Nepali and there was like someone you know you broke broke that wall yeah, yeah. and it's, yeah. exactly it's the comfort isn't it like yeah. just yeah. just seeing that familiar face in an unfam- unfamiliar place really being a Nepali I mean what were some of the challenges you faced I guess in terms of your career as well because you did mention it was a male dominated you know industry as well yeah because obviously people I guess families have a different perception of what they want you to be versus mm. the I, i guess uh, what you want to be from the exposure you get or what you see around with okay. the people you hang out with and you know obviously you're in england so I think um as i said this is the reason why i talked about my family and i think like personal perspective to them important on saina because um i think you i know like there are situations where um you can't really convince your family and there's always the stigma that a nepali family has brought with them nepal mat se commerce kare bane it's like you know it's not really looked well upon and other here look finance people they aren't like the most amount of money need you know you don't i think that it's a good thing in the uk that are older generation like something like that is quite it's it, we have to educate them a bit more uh, on matters like that um as i said i was really lucky because my mom was a nurse and she always pushed me for education so uh, i think i mean nepal yeah what i had to say um uh my parents when we moved to london uh amra community was mainly full of um like nurses and doctors cuz uh, she she was she was involved in like the society of nurses and doctors and things like that so we met people who always was focused on this so academia and it was i think like when you surround your environment with you know this halke i think my Similar like-minded parents, right yeah, yeah. my parents they they automatically just kind of you know Right. thought like okay there is estoni unires or marco botali they were doing something different and they were more accepting of it i suppose so i was quite lucky uh personally i i remember when i was 16 i told my parents like 
I want to go out of the house. <laughs> I want to move out. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh-oh. <laughs> so I want to move out of the house, and that's something you know. Like I think Nepali culture, mate, amiable. I generation, or like I think it's so much easier for them. I know. Yeah. I know it's it's still difficult, but I think a lot of us. I'm like, it's more like, accepted like, now. I said to mom, like, mom, you need to have to care more. Move out, And I think it was really upsetting for them that they. Children was growing yeah. up and stuff, and of course society part came. I know. I'm not saying London. I believe Bala like Samaj like even so many first time Sunno Bali take. When we were in Newcastle, that was not an issue because I think we were surrounded by a, a whiter community. That uh, that's the sort of let's say the negative thing I saw about the society, like uh, how you end up becoming so narrow minded over time if you just surround the stick halke thinking yeah. better. Only I remember telling my mom like I really don't care if they're not paying my bills, if they're not paying my mortgage, <laughs> I. I don't care because it's mere choice, so you know. More like that, so merely research got to go too. And actually, I strongly feel about this. I have good head on my shoulders, and you should trust me as your child rather than listen to somebody else. And my mom did a little bit more and said, "Hey, your body is like." logically fight you're trying to have a discussion with a Nepali <laughs> mom right yeah. so I mean what were some of the challenges I guess you faced like career wise uh, you know uh, from the cultural side of Nepali uh nothing really uh that's because i am i feel i am so privileged that i didn't have to think twice i know any we had talked about this um well i'm married and my my husband and my in-laws uh, my parents were always very supportive and they knew from the get-go that i was a very independent i my first job i held was when i was like 13 14 15 and so uh, They knew, yeah, I said, I want to move out. I want to be independent. I want to do this, that. They've always known that I, I'm just going to do my own thing. But, um, you know, when you're married and in Nepali culture, my Nepali society, my gender role, like them specific something as mm-hmm. a, Female, when you're married, buari buaira onse ki onse ni like otimro shrimati buaira onse ki or ama buaira. There's very specific roles you have to play, no? But I work in such a male-dominated field, and and where we are trying to really fight equal with the men, no? Because we want to make sure our opinions are heard. So I found that a bit. At times, conflicting. Like uh, I didn't want to do this specific gender role because, I mean, then I'm not staying true to myself when I go to work, and I'm trying to say, well, we need more diversity. Like you know, listen to me. You know, male opinions matter. I will just sit at home and accept the gender roles that's given to me. So um, I met my husband when I was 15, and so he's known me since I was a very young age, and um, so he has been such a support. Pillar for me, so luckily, and my in-laws are also really nice. And while, as I said, I was just lucky that they knew me from such a young age, so they knew the growth that I had, you know, done over the years. And while, like, I live in this little kingdom, and even now they don't. Uh, the reason why I say this is, it's not the fact that I just work with the men. It's I also travel a lot. Middle work, my I travel. Past five years, I've traveled like nearly 60% of the time. Eh? Recently, I went to Jordan as well by myself. I made wow. a first mm-hmm. Middle East trip. And I am normally out on my own overnight. So, you know, sometimes my male colleagues join me. Sometimes my boss joins me. And most of the time, it's men. I go on site. I work with men. And if I was a normal person, and um, had I said like, mom or... And like I told my husband or my my mother-in-law, like 
I want to go away for 10 days somewhere in Nepal. <laughs> It's a need for business trip. I don't think it would be looked at very well. Because obviously, yeah. exactly. exactly. But I had never had to think twice about this conversation ever. Right? And my husband never says anything. He respects me. So he respects my profession. He respects my decision to go places for my career. And he never... And on top of that, my in-laws are more proud that I do stuff like this, which is more about gender role. I don't want to play gender role. And challenges They're very understanding. And my parents, they're so supportive with everything I do. So I honestly, like, luckily I didn't. But initially when I got married, I did really think about this. Right? Um, it, it made me question like uh, a couple of times, like, you know, is this, you know, am I really just conflicting with my own self like but at the same time the duality of it right yeah and at the same time like you don't want to disrespect uh, you know Afno, you know, this is the man I love, right? right. Um, but my kids are Asian family. When you get married, you don't get married to the man. You get married, married to the to family, family, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't sure how the family would take it. Um, I wasn't sure, like, how when I get married, like, is this something they will come to me and say, family they would come and say that neither if they could and more like them door like okay initially like oh god like is this am I making the right choice like is this gonna be okay but I think if you've got a good husband <laughs> in my case I'm lucky and I my in-laws were good as well so it, over time everything is just like been okay so, so. It's, yeah it's worked out good right it's, yeah. it's worked out good i never had this big challenge let's mm -hmm. say so what about cooking and stuff you know the gender roles mm. in Nepal nepali society right is like yeah. uh, so are you a cooker do you cook i do cook but my husband does most of the stuff oh. Oh, okay, and uh i'll point this out i think because we're talking about nepali society and nepali culture mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. being in the uk so miro family go it's quite matriarchal instead of patriarchal okay. um so mirror entire mirror mother family it's quite a matriarchal uh, society and then community sorry and i grew up in that community mm -hmm. seeing female ro ro role models female leads arena and uh, my father uh, mirror mom used to do long shift as a nurse and my dad used to finish early and even now he's 72 years old you know oh, wow. um and mommy are you going boy he had no choice so he had to and then he cook and look after us until we came to the UK. And since then, like, he has been cooking, looking after the kids. And he, like, the gender role reversed. Mm -hmm. okay. And I came to the UK and it retained. And I have seen my father in the kitchen. And my mom's going, like, working long hours and earning money. Like, if we were to be strictly talking about gender roles, it was reversed in my case. And because I was in that environment... For me, it was like, oh, females can do anything. You know, we we can do anything. Like, I don't care. Like, if because of Afni family, what a student. My father is such a respectful man, and Ani, the fact that he was giving his uh, wife the 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 respect she deserves and all that, it was so nice to see. And I really wanted that from my marriage, and I also wanted that for me, like mere future ma. So luckily. And I was lucky because I told my husband quite early on before we got married, I told him, 
I am always about equality, you know, 50%, 50%. If you, if I come home from work and you come home from work, you're not going to win in compared to me. We both are equally tired. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> so you can't expect me to come home and kind of book on it. It logically doesn't make, uh, we're engineers, we love logic. <laughs> like, you know, like it doesn't That's make cool. sense yeah. that I have to do the hard work whilst you sit and watch TV. Husband, let me make a diagram to explain this to you. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right. Yeah, and he he he's a very logical person as okay. well. So he agreed with that. They were Amro, Ailego Amro setup is like, you know, um, when he works, I look after the house, I look after the dog, I, you know, I look after what I can. But when I am off and he does everything. He doesn't let me. He treats me like really well so given gonna put that milk on my satya company he does everything no that's good yeah it's it's nice he's very 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 involved Well, that's, that's cool. Weird. We had a discussion before you got yeah. married. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I should have had a discussion. Girl, set your boundaries, set your boundaries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so kind of leading on from what you said earlier, uh, earlier in that uh, mm. thing you just said, um, so who would be the most influential person, I guess, or people in your life? Uh, for me, when I was young, it was definitely my mom. Um, because she worked so damn hard. I mean, Lauri or Gukis Matsi, Amira husband's very Lauri family, but I don't know. You know, I think you guys are from from similar army family. Usually it's the man who goes out and brings money home and all that stuff. What gave it away? Was that book there? Gurkha rifles. Gurkha rifles, exactly. In Sandy's house, by the way. Exactly. And they go through the process of trying to bring their kids to the UK. And, you know, they it's usually the dad side of the. Amira Gukis Matsi was mum because. Because my mom was a nurse and she worked damn hard to bring us here and go through the whole dependent and the independent and then finally it's any like a permanent and then finally the visa process. So because like my mom had been uh, had gone through, you know, such hardships and even young with because she comes from a um a completely female family like Satana Didibaini and uh, my Baji really wanted to get and she's the second child so she, oh. they, he wanted them to get married and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, he my mom was like no I don't want to get married I want to make something out of myself and especially to hear so it made my mom so angry and she wanted to prove that as a very young person and she did that she actually ran away from home and then she went to do nursing she stayed in Kathmandu to study and get the job and went across Nepal like field or not because she was like that and so impressed and I wanted to become like and I think like I would be very lucky many many years time if I do end up becoming like her I think she's just an amazing woman very inspirational it's actually, inspirational yeah. and it's, it's a societal mm. shift you know yeah. it's what we have yeah. what we're faced with right and then pushing it alone Seven, oh, sis- seven sisters, you said, seven or sisters. including well, including her seven. Okay. Um, and they were and married them off. So she had me really late, <laughs> and my brother really late as well. <laughs> Better late than never. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but what's interesting to me is that she's the one who came to the UK through mm. a skill set, right? Yes, correct. and then. And that's how you're here, right? Yeah. So again, it's the role traversed as opposed to like yeah. us, where our parents, our, our dads kind yeah. of got mm-hmm. us here. So 
Absolutely. Well, that's that, that, that's quite an inspirational story. I think from you, just your mom's side as well, because obviously the times she grew up in, and you mm. know what, what I mean, the type of role women had versus men. So I think that's very inspirational as well. I'd say. Yeah, I think it's um, it's improving. There is awareness, and um, right solely, uh, you know, you didn't um, you you didn't put a filter on it. You talked about your experience, also not just the the gender roles in in Nepali mm-hmm. culture, but also you talked about the racism <coughs> you experienced or the naive kind of. I mean, yeah. we've I think we've all experienced yeah. it. I mean, yeah. I'm not afraid to say that. You know, I've got it. I used to get it when I was young as well. Anyway. Yeah, we still we still <laughs> get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. they yeah, call me rice eyes, right? And that was that was so my mum. I'm kidding. No, that was <laughs> that was. We would sometimes be racist as well, but without being, you know, with that, the naivety, no, yeah, right? So, yeah. I, like you said, it's not intentional. It's just that kind sometimes of. Sometimes it's just yeah. ignorance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, to educate them. Plus, yeah. kids are quite straightforward, right? Yeah. Moving on, what sort of advice would you give to someone kind of uh, pursuing a similar career to you? I would say advice about different category like dinner person because if you're quite young, you're you're just looking at your GCSEs and you don't know what you want to do. It's okay. I think two point maths in Nepali maths, Nepali society might have pressure on say no, like you've got to amount to something, there's a lot of responsibility and there's a lot of expectation. But I think um you shouldn't let it just get to you too much and that's what I did <laughs> um you like if you want to do a particular course and you've always found something more fascinating than your conventional engineering or doctor it's fine you know so if you do want to be an engineer I would say school fees might definitely look into uh, your science because it's quite crucial for us to have science and maths uh and I would say like I let like them their work experiences are available so even school go um time minor two weeks experience I would say try to find uh companies that give you that two week summer experience or something so you have an early on uh, exposure to what engineering is about and if it's something that you do want to do in future you know so uh, for example uh, i know a couple of companies that does that so just google is your best friend really um i think if you just search on it it will come uh, if you are leaving uh, school uh, sorry if you are in like college sort of uh, place then again uh, university like accept course i little math hasn't but uh, just keep yourself updated on that what grades you need and all that and as i said again i <clears throat> i wouldn't say you need to necessarily go through the university conventional route there are apprenticeship and i heavily encourage people people to look into that as well kinamane anjani hamle jaile pani kalo topi launu parcha yara 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 dherai pressure aunchha ke and i think you know we are a new generation people like if we don't make the change then nobody else we're going to bloody repeat the cycle all over again you know so you don't have to like break the conventional laws and find apprenticeships cuz think about it 10 years time ma timle apprentice bhayera kaam garda hari you're going to be bloody earning the same amount of money that you know in comparison to somebody who has just graduated and yeah. done the job for like another 4 years mm. i know so oh, if money gets straight to the money yeah, exactly money. Right, okay. exactly put the put the carrot on the stick right yeah <laughs> exactly so and then finally university my only one it's a uh, there's like a grad schemes you know uh grad cracker is a good website to look into milk rounds are really good website as well i don't know if it's around anymore but But, uh, engineering specific jobs at the heritage make sure you look into grad crackers uh i would say like that's the way if you're really looking for jobs that's how you would get into it career wise sales so just research if this is something you want to do um if it's not something you want to do then that's fine because sometimes you just know okay mala yoga na mantane ra cool so um then 
Google is your best friend, like as we, everyone else says. <laughs> but okay, yeah, yeah. you know when you um, when you went to your interviews, right? You, mm -hmm. you said you worked, uh, you did a, a job experience or something, and they called yes. you back. Yeah. So uh, okay, Miro, actual career history, my name is say I did one year placement. My mm -hmm. university, that's I did something called a sandwich course, and right? a third year, I master's degree. So I did okay. a MNG course, uh, sandwiched with a placement year. And my one when I did the placement in this company, um, uh, I got a call back saying, "Well, we want to bring you back to the." Um, graduate scheme so it's a good point you pointed out that because yeah like industrial placement universities have and say make sure you can get placement and uh, yeah. experience as much as possible because reality ma to gain experience you need experience yeah. you know? that's, that's yeah. a catch-22 right they say yeah. exactly how can you get experience if you don't have any experience yeah. i think mm -hmm. the apprenticeship things are pretty strong in this country anyway yeah. because yeah. that's how you get the foot in the door right yeah, yeah. absolutely i mean and like it, you said we know i mean i've got a lot of friends who went through that program as opposed to kind of studying, you know, and mm. they've moved on and kicked on from there. So Yeah, like my mm -hmm. husband is a classic example. Uh, while a day he did, he actually did apprenticeship. I know, and he, uh, I went to the university academic route. And to be honest, in comparison to us, he's doing quite well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put off apprenticeship. I definitely, you know, he's a big advocate for it. So I, I've got a tough say. question for you then, because we're, you know, we've been doing no filter stuff, right? Mm. So you're both engineers, right? Similar kind or different? No, we're two different disciplines. Okay. All right. Well, don't take away from the drama, right? <laughs> you see each other's, uh, are you similar ages or yeah. senior? Or exact same age. <laughs> Ranking wise? Um, are you junior, senior? What are you in your... Uh, so uh, he, uh, we can't compare. Kind of he is a SME, Ute expertise oh, yeah. field okay. culture. Okay. more like a okay. diverse. So. so he's a subject matter expert. But yeah. what I was going to say, what was going to make it interesting was that how much who who gets paid what? Because you know you can see the gender <laughs> is there a priority? gender disparity. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think it's always been up and down. Sometimes it's me, sometimes it's him. It depends on like how you know if I change a role or if I find something. Okay. But I think Ule Gorni because Usko, it's really interesting. Usko career uh, progression thought process is like I want to be I want to catch something and I want to be good at it you know middle mm. thought process is opposite because I have a completely different school of thought for me when I'm young I wanted to get as much skills as possible I wanted to be trans you know multi-labor market Monday I wanted to say well tomorrow if I leave this job if I get made redundant or yeah. if I get fired whatever reason yeah um will I be marketable enough for this labor uh, this you know for another company like am I going to be able to come to them and say this is what I bring to the table and what is it that I can bring to the table um and I, I don't know that's my thought because I don't I don't 100% trust okay. you know like the corporate world too much mm. so but thought process too so it both works because he's right like you know if you catch something and you're good at it then you go and you know you get more pay for it and all that uh, whereas let's say some someone like me who wants to jump around a little bit in the young phase um, you know I get the variety and the versatility of my skills but maybe not the depth of the experience so you're saying they're not comparable yeah Mosala you know we were adding up <laughs> to everything and the anti-climax happened and yeah. a typical monthly question were answered diplomatic yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah it's all about diplomacy yeah, <laughs> that's what yeah. happens right, that's good that's good yeah. all right. I believe uh, you're doing the trail walker so tell us a little bit about why you're doing it and how you got into it 
So I have a very strong group of uh, girlfriends who, you know, they're very active and they love doing stuff like this. And yeah, I'm an outdoor activity. One of them actually made a friend, Trishna, she came and she was like, you know what, you're a 100 kilometer walk. Uh, why don't we try it? And we were like, oh, I'm this person secure. You know, like it's not the same anymore. And let's challenge it. And that's how it came about. But I have seen 100 kilometer trail walk uh, being advertised for a long time Miro close friends they have done it mm-hmm. and uh, I just thought you know what it's something that we should do and it, on, on top of that I saw that you know like Oxfam through water Gul Kawai of a trust like when you charities are this and that so I was like it's a, it's a good you know it's a good um, cause uh, and you know it's challenging physically for us so let's try it and 100 kilometer honestly but a lot of seriousness feel on this because it's three <laughs> months away and uh, like I am going this tomorrow actually I'm going to the actual trail to start training so mm, let's see <laughs> Wow. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Good luck. It's a mental thing. Yeah. yeah. Any tips? <laughs> I usually do when I do 100 kilometers, which is never, is <laughs> always, you know, psych myself up. Diff- <laughs> I guess myself. different people have different things, right? Because some people mm. just uh, kind of like, uh, I guess, uh, take music with them. Yeah. Okay. If, if that makes sense, you know, like listen to music or like listen to podcasts. Why not? You know, mm. people have like inspirational music playlists and stuff from what I've heard. Uh, people do like not hundred, not hundred, but like maybe like, you know, long distance cycle rides or mm. something, you know, just uh, find something to keep you going, I guess. And like yeah. Anand said, it's, it's music mental. is your advice. Yeah. Listen yeah. to something. Yeah. <laughs> music is yeah. okay. yeah. advice. That's a good advice yeah. though, because sometimes it's. Uh, you know, like, even if it's just a little bit of nice, soothing or exciting music, you know, at least you can enjoy the, the yeah. pain. Yeah. You can, you know, sort of ignore the pain. I've seen people take walking sticks. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, that's, so, we're yeah. taking that as well. Are you going uphill and downhill? Yeah, I think there's Tinta Hill, oh, okay. uh, quite steep. So my friends, they trained Austin of 30, 40 kilometers on Goretil, and he bonded, they gave 45 kilometers, I think they tried. And they did say it was very difficult because there was mm. steepness. They were yeah. heavy. So, I mean, I've invested in a good pair of shoes. I've invested on gears, but let's see. Cow, when you think cow? Um, I actually don't know. <laughs> that's how not. That's, that's how, how prepared, prepared I am. Yeah. At the moment. He was this methodical, you know, like this engineer, what, yeah. this direct planning and everything. I mean, I'm a follower as well. If I have a good leader, I follow. Yeah, so, okay. middle friend, she's she's the leader in this team. She's a captain, and I'm just like, okay. you know what? I'm happy to take the back seat here. <laughs> yeah, all right, that's good. Uh, so, w- what do you have with your dal bhat? Tarkari, um, tarkari, what, yeah. Like, what, what kind of tarkari? I will. Ha- I love alu. Mala butega alu is my favorite, especially like uh, jira sanga. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the dalbat, or I will have sag or anything, anything vegetable. But my favorite, uh, I must say, is Nepali style banayko kaulira uh, alu. Okay. 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 So my favorite. That's cool. Um, we should rethink this question because you always seem to ask it, and then the answer is always tarkari. Right? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not specific. It like, what, 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 what tarkari? Yeah. It? Like a trick question. Yeah. Mm, tarkari. Did I get it right? <laughs> yeah. That's not. Dal, what kind of dal though? It depends. Kalo dal. I prefer kalo dal as well. Yeah, gyusanga, right? Exactly. Yes. 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 That's the best. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Kalo dal. Gargogyu, right? Gargogyu, exactly. Anibat and just anything really. 
Anything else? Apart from muscle bikes in Malaysia. Muscle bikes. So when you go for a 100k walk, maybe, you know, Dalbat, you need Dalbat power, right? <laughs> yes, I think exactly. we, are, we are doing that. We, we've asked, like, um, bring some uh, bahat with some dal. Because, you know, dal like kori style in Malaysia. So it's yeah, actually yeah. quite nice, you know. So I've told my support team to make us that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good luck with your, Thank you. you know. Trek and all your future, your career. It's been an inspirational story that you've shared with us. And um, I think we missed one thing. You did tell me that <coughs> Boyne had won an award or something, didn't you? Or? You took part in, uh, what was it, some engineering? Oh, webinar. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So, um, okay, I'll take this opportunity to just promote NEA as well. So we have this Nepal Engineering Association, Bonena. Um, it's quite, uh, well, it was here, UK branch anyway. So NEA is a uh, Nepal ko main engineering association, no? and it has branches in several parts of the world. And a UK ko branch, Mate, uh, recently, uh, it's been revamped with like, you know, young engineers or young professionals. And uh, one of the first things they wanted to do was do a webinar uh, event for women Nepali women in engineering Monera. and just to kind of talk about the societal aspect of uh, being a Nepali woman and especially engineering being such a male dominated field you know um, and just that was a discussion on the recently I was one of the panelists so I was you know guest speaker there, you know? and uh, yeah I mean if anyone is Actually, uh, if you guys want, I think you can be a member in the association. And associate uh, one of the things they want to do is create networking events. And you know, this is all young professionals or engineers or professionals in the UK. Um, you know, some retired or some still in profession. And you're through better if you've got kids or if you're in university. You know, you can go through the CV review process or talk about um, engineering in general. So. I would say check them out. Uh, mm-hmm. You can just search up and Google again. What was it called again? N E A U K. So okay, Nepal Engineering Association oh, okay, UK. Cool. Cool. So there, I would say, yeah, definitely. If you guys want to know, uh, have like the Nepali um, mentoring store, uh, yeah. they are looking into doing something like that okay, as well. That's quite so, good. Uh, that's good. Thanks for the plug. That's yeah. good. Well, yeah, thank you for your time. It was being very inspirational. All right. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Thank All you. Right. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye.